Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Sherry DiMaggio. If you've listened to some of my previous podcasts, you might have noticed that I had a request for listeners to submit stories of bouncing back from chronic illness and thriving and just breaking aging barriers. And Sherry submitted a request. So Sherry is a mom of three. She's a wife and she's a health and fitness coach who after many years of coaching noticed that she was starting to decline in her fitness capabilities and wasn't feeling too great. And of course, she was training for a fitness competition. And for those of you who know what those things are, those are tough. And there's a lot of nutrient stuff going on in terms of cutting calories. And after that, it set her on a 10-year-plus decline in her health that rounded out with feeling worse with getting bit by a tick four days before getting COVID, and then some mold exposure. Yikes. Lots of things happening there. And you know what? Unfortunately, her story isn't uncommon this day and age where something happens and it seems that there's a cascade of things that just keep happening and the struggle to get healthy just seems to be so far away. But Sherry's got a great message and we talk about aging. We talk about bouncing back. And boy, it's just a feel-good podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's a beginning of some of my series where I'm going to be interviewing my listeners. So if you're hearing this and you've got a bounce-back story, you are aging well, you've got some amazing things that are going on in your life just based on your habits, routines, and behaviors, we want to know about it. So let's introduce you to Sherry DiMaggio. Sherry, welcome to the Health Fix Podcast. I'm excited to talk about this. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a fun it's a fun subject because I think a lot of people really don't realize how much they've been programmed by society and their family and what they've seen in life and so they just like automatically think like oh my god I'm going to get old and it's going to be this particular way. Did you feel like that before you started to realize that maybe things were different? Yeah, I just remember thinking, even whenever I was working out, like I kind of gave myself like the age 80 thinking, okay, well, I'll just make it to 80. And as long as I can still change my light bulb then, then I'm I'm good to go. But now I'm like, now that I'm 52, it's like 80. What was I thinking? <laughs> like, no, I, I'm going for 100, 100, whatever. And so, you know, I just believe that, you know, with taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind, that there's just way more potential for us as humans. And that's what that's what I'm going for. I, yeah, I like you. I, I started to realize the older I got in terms of numbers, and, and I call them numbers at this point, I'm 45. And I looked at 45, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was like, ooh, that's old. Now that I'm 45, I'm like, wait a minute. I still feel like I am not a day over 18 in, exactly. in my mind. I wake up, you know, and I'm like, let's do this. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, okay. could got a couple of wrinkles, look a little different. But really, my 18-year-old self is still live and well inside. It sounds like you're feeling the same way. Exactly. And I think that um, so much of it comes from um, what we've been taught about, like even playing, like who told us to stop playing? We just do. If you're not on intramurals, you know, in college or whatever, kids just start stopping playing. 
And I'm like, why, why, why is that a thing? I don't understand that. And so for me, it's like you're saying, you feel so much younger on the inside. And so, yeah, I may not be as fast as I used to be or as agile, but I can still play. Like I can still ball. I can still play and, you know, and still engage in activities that society kind of has told us, no, you're too old for that. You know, probably need to start ratcheting back a little bit, start preserving some of that energy, you know, kind of take it back and, you know, make sure you don't fall kind of thing. And so no, I'm, I'm not about that at, at all. It is funny that we do tend to get like all those fears, like all that fear stuck in our head of like, oh, what if you fall? What if you hurt yourself? What if this? Oh, you're going to be out of work for this amount of time. I used to be like terrified that something would happen to my hands because that was my job with acupuncture. And I was like, God, how many things did I miss out on with that fear? Do you feel like you got fear, fear mongered quite a bit as a a younger version of Um... you? I kind of have always lived against the grain. So, you know, probably (laughs) it might have been. Um, you know, tried to be forced upon me or whatever, but knowing me, I probably dismissed it and kind of didn't check up on that. So no, probably haven't. <laughs> I don't, I don't with fear. I've bungee jumped like a hundred feet head first into a lake that I didn't even know what was below me. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Japan. My first flight to was to Hawaii when I was 16 by myself. Um, lit, like I said, went to Japan when I was 19 by myself. Um, so, I mean, it was just like in, back in those days, that was kind of unheard of. And just um, so, no, there were other people that had fear around all those things for me. But as far as me, no, I, I just I don't think I allowed that. But I, I do know what you're saying. And I do agree that that does happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You and I are similar. I I moved to Mexico for a year when I was 19 because I was like, well, why not? Let's let's do this. <laughs> I mean, granted, I, I also tried to convince my parents that I was going and I would never party. I was going there just to learn Spanish, which they, of course, promptly right. ro- rolled their eyes I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, you know, a lot of my friends are like, I can't believe you moved there and you went by yourself. Most of my friends that I, I associate with are like, I wouldn't even travel by myself. And I do it nowadays all all the time. So I, I see you and I definitely roll against the grain. Now, like, what are your parents like? Are they still alive? G- give us a scoop on your parents. Yeah. So my parents are still alive. My dad, um, we call him the biotic man. Um, he just had a complete uh, total shoulder replacement. Um, he has two 12 inch rods down his spine. He's had both knees um, replaced both had the rotator cuff shoulder surgery before the replacement. Um, so he has lived a very hard working life. And so he has, um, he has remained active. He's not in the form of the, as far as, you know, sports or leisure or whatever, but he is someone has been, that has been riddled with ulcerative colitis, arthritis, you know, all the things. And um, did I didn't know what I know now to be able to help him because I believe that he would have been able to live a different life had I known how to help him earlier because he's been on prednisone for so many years. And so, um, but he has maintained a level of activity. He will not stay put. And he knows that if he sits down, he's not getting back up. So he has through the pain and, you know, all the adversities of the um, ailments that he's had. And he's, you know, just made a very strong man, 75. And then my mom was a school teacher forever and took, you know, gazillion kids on a gazillion field trips and was extremely active um, in that capacity, but not, again, not someone who pursued activity outside of that or, you know, exercise programs or any kind of, you know, sport or anything like that. That was not her forte (laughs) at (laughs) all. 
I just kind of came along and was very active as a child and into all the sports and then dance. And then I had a cheer gym. And so I've just, it's one of those things that has just been a part of who I am as a person. That's just something that I've never laid down the activity, you know, nine months pregnant. It didn't matter. I was running across the Dallas Cowboys football field. The one of the cheer competitions, I mean, literally (laughs) about ready to pop and I'm running across the, you know, the field. So it's just never been, um, something for, um, hard for me to pursue an active lifestyle, but yeah. So my parents just are active and just in a different way. You know, I think, uh, you know, the older generation, they, you know, yes, there's some folks that played sports, but for the majority, I feel like it wasn't as kind of popular as our age range. It seemed like, right you know, sports did take off a lot more and gymnastics. And like you're saying, you know, cheer and things of that nature really seem to take off and continue longer in our generation compared to our our parents. Now, you mentioned cheer, like what, what all sports do you play? Have you played? Give us the scoop in terms of what you're into now and what you used to do. Okay. So I played um, softball growing up. And of course, you know, we didn't have all the year round sports that they do now. And so I would play um, a softball and I would do the whole, you know, twirling and gymnastics and all that kind of stuff. And then when I went to school, I played um, volleyball, basketball and ran track and then did that my freshman year of high school. And then I ended up joining the drill team. and I tried to do both and they wouldn't allow that. And then um, they also didn't have a softball team at the time. And that's a whole other story because my mom is the one that ended up (laughs) blowing the whistle on Title IX and took a whole it was a whole thing. And my mom ended up getting the um, girls a softball program at our current high school. So yeah. that was pretty, yeah, pretty um, big deal for her to be able to get that. And it was very difficult to get it done, but she managed. And now they have, you know, it's just a great program, but they didn't have softball. So I played boys baseball um, oh. instead. <laughs> wow. So but then I finished out with the drill team. And then uh, when I went to college, I played the intramural uh, softball and joined the little dance team briefly. That was really not my thing at that point. And then, um, later got into, um, weightlifting and personal training after that was after having my cheer gym and uh, power tumbling gym, and then, um, got wrangled into competing for, uh, doing a fig, uh, figure competition. And so I ended up doing that and then ended up going through like a 11, 12 year long chronic illness, but I still, even through all that maintained as active as I could. And, but now I'm feeling amazing and so much better. And I'm back to my weight training and running and all the things. And my goal is to make it to, um, be able to compete in the master's track and field. Ooh, ooh! tell us more about that. I'm not, so I'm familiar with masters. And for those of you guys who are listening, probably most people understand that masters is this older folks that are competing in sports, but, but like, tell us what, what, what would you do in track and field? What would be your thing? Um, probably I can still triple jump. So I could probably, I would still probably like to do triple jump and then, um, any kind of sprinting. I may try a quarter, but um, probably the hundred meters. I would not do 200 meters. I didn't like it then. And I, <laughs> I still wouldn't do that one. <laughs> 200 is just brutal. Um, and so, yeah, I probably just want to do a hundred meter dash, um, just a sprint. That's what I really want to do is get back to sprinting. Um, there's just something about sprinting that I love. And then I would maybe do the quarter or 800, something like that. Hmm. Nice. Now this is fun. This is fun stuff to talk about. Cause you know, a lot of people, 
will will say at a certain age, like, you know, well, I guess I should probably stop running and start walking. Sprinting isn't even like, you know, like when's the, I was in challenge everyone on here to think about when's the last time you sprinted um, just just to think about it. I actually had a weird experience once in Vegas. I was running and doing some of my running early in the morning because I found it absolutely fascinating on the strip to see who's out at five o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah. Uh, have you done this? Have you done this? No, no, I haven't. Oh my goodness. I encourage anybody who runs to do this because it is the most fascinating thing ever. Um, a lot of great people watching at any time in Vegas, but especially at five in the morning. And I had one guy on the corner say to me, who are you running from? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I'm like, no one, no one. I, I'm just running. He's like, oh, carry on. <laughs> he's like, what's wrong with you? I know I know like what is going on with you but but running is something that you know I have a lot of patients that come to me and and no joke sorry they say to me like they're like yeah my doc told me I should just hang it up because now I've got you know plantar fasciitis and and that's an old person's thing and so it's a bugger and you know that's never gonna get better or they'll come to me and be like yeah doc said I should quit because my knees are hurting or doc said I should quit because you know you can name the reasons so the right. fact that you're like, how can I sprint and how can I run hundred meters and this and that, I mean, huge. Yeah. So, so yeah. And the sprinting, like every time we're driving somewhere and there's like a, a big hill, I mean, my husband just looks at me, he goes, I already know you want me to pull over so you can try to run this hill. I mean, like I love running hills. I mean, it is, it is just something that I seek out to do. I love to run up and down hills. That's just something that I love to do. Plus it engages, you know all the muscle groups. So it's, um, that's, that's fun, but that's how I look at everything. I mean, everything is an activity because I believe that movement is medicine and it's so it's even more important as we get older that we, you know, continue to move our bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I say it over and over again and, and I don't even care anymore that I sound like a broken record because I'm like circulation. How do you get circulation? You move. That's, that's what you do. Yes. That's how it works. So, what's the what's the wildest place you've had your husband pull over so he could run a hill? Give us a scoop. I want to hear. Well, uh, he actually hasn't. He just knows that that's what <laughs> I want because <laughs> he because I say it every time when we encounter a hill because he so he knows it's get the that uh, that's what it's coming out of my mouth. So no, he actually does it because it would take me quite a while to probably some of the ones that I pick out <laughs> they're pretty long. So that. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. Now, let's talk about this for a little bit, because I mean, obviously sprinting, you know, as we get older, there are things we have to think about, right? There are things we have to to do to prep ourselves to do these things. And, you know, I'm not going to be one to be like, oh, yeah, everybody tomorrow go out and sprint because there's a lot involved in that. What kind of maintenance do you do for your body? What's your what's your maintenance routine for your joints and, and body as a whole? I think folks would love to hear that. Yeah. So first I believe that we've, you know, you have to consider your nutrition. I mean, if you're going through a drive through you know, constantly, or you're eating a ton of processed foods um, all the time, you're not going to be in position to just, you know, take off and run daily or sprint hills or whatever. Um, hydration, definitely hydration is key. Um, and then I also am careful about the amount of stretching I do because I, I have found for myself personally, if I stretch too much before I go run, then it kind of sets me up potentially <clears throat> for a little bit of an issue. So I do a light stretching, but then more focused stretch after the run. Mm, okay. Okay. Good to know. Cause I mean, I, 
there's so much debate on like stretch, don't stretch, mobility, you know. (laughs) I think it's kind of everyone's different. And so, I mean, like for me, I found like when I would stretch like a lot before my back, my lower back would end up getting tweaked mm-hmm. um, during running. And so it, cause I would be stretched, stretched out. And then all of a sudden I'd be contracting it, you know? And so it just wasn't that for me didn't work, you know? So, and then, like I said, um, I just view everything as an activity during the day because we know that the sitting is the new smoking, And so the more that we can just get up and move during our day, you know, just our daily activity, regardless if you sit at a desk for your job or whatever, or you're driving a lot, if you're just mindful that you need to get up and move, you know, just for a little bit so that you can prep your body into a next phase of activity. And so that's just kind of how I look at everything um, during the day. It's just, but I'm also very now after being through chronic illness, part of the reason why I entered into that is because I did not heed rest very well at all. Never thought, you know, I just never valued rest. I just thought there was never a reason for it. If I felt good, why would I rest? That's such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Well, you get humbled in that real quick. Well, actually it wasn't real quick. It took a while, but I got humbled there. And um, I now <laughs> very um, value rest for sure. Oh, it is incredible. And that is the one thing that, yeah, as a a younger person, we can pull all nighters, we can, you know, we bounce back a lot faster. But it is something that a lot of us will still try to push the limits on and and learn the hard way over time. And, And that segments me into Sherry had mentioned that she had been dealing with some health stuff for a while. I would love for you to talk about what happened, Sherry, because a lot of people, you know, they'll look at someone like you and I, and they'll be like, oh, well, you've been fit your whole life. And like, you didn't have any struggles. So, you know, it's so much easier for you guys. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't judge the book until you know the story. So, right. Yeah. So give us your story, because I'd love folks to hear this. So I had, um, like I said, I had entered into, I was doing um, personal training and then I ended up doing um, figure competitions and probably about the third competition and everything was, I mean, I was, I thought I was feeling amazing. I mean, moods were great. It was just, I mean, everything just seemed good. I was 39 years old. So go ahead and put that as a note for people. (laughs) I started bodybuilding slash figure competitions at age 39. And I, at the time had, you know, I still have three children, but I had three younger children at the time. And so, um, that's just a make a mental note that you're never too old to do something new and that there are no excuses if you're a mom of three children. So there's that and a, and a wife. So, um, so yeah, uh, and but it was like the third competition and things, my recovery time started being really, really super long. I was having tons of joint pain, um, started notices a difference in my hair. I mean, it was just a whole thing. And so it just, long story short, um, ended up, I had breast implants at the time. And that was the second set because they tell you to replace them after year 10. So I did. And we knew instantly that something was different. I ran fever for the first two weeks. We should have taken them out. We considered it, um, but we opted to. We opted not to. Kept them for seven years. Ended up. I mean, the only way I can describe it is that it just felt like raw meat being raked over hot coals. It's the only thing I can tell you. I wanted to reach into my chest and pull them out and just chunk them as far as I could. I could. Mm-hmm. So ended up getting them out. 
and um, lost over half my hair. Um, I mean, could not work out hardly at all. It was just, um, I was literally like crawling to the um, shower, crawling back to the bed, went to a holistic after exhausting all the ologists you can imagine over years time and thousands of dollars worth of blood work. They would just tell me nothing, (laughs) nothing. They would tell me I'm fine. And I'm literally, like I said, crawling to and from the bathroom. And so, um, went to a holistic chiropractor. He looked at me, told me out of 30 years of practice, I was one of two of the worst patients he had ever seen. And I, that my entire body systems were completely shutting down. And I already knew that I was just, it was so, I was so happy to hear it. I mean, not that news, but that someone could validate what I was feeling. And so he was able to supplement me and get me to where I could function again. But then years still went by. I had the breast implants removed, got a little bit better, and then just kept on until COVID hit and COVID sent me into, I don't even know what. It was all the eight years prior to COVID. I would take all eight years over those last, the last two and a half years or that two and a half years um, after COVID because it went into my nervous system and just went into a huge spiral. And um, I mean, to the point where I missed my son's football games, I couldn't be under fluorescent lighting. I couldn't drive. I couldn't be around people. I couldn't lift a five pound weight. Um, I was had to sleep on five or six pillows. So all that to say that I have experienced just about everything imaginable um, from on a pain uh, perspective and so many different symptoms and things that have come and gone. And then, oh, because I got bit by a tick four days before I got COVID. So it was potentially a Lyme slash COVID Um you know, experience so that I don't, I do not recommend that. Definitely 10, 10, do not recommend that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, so all of that, and then it was just, you know, there, so I had to um, go back to the drawing board and figure out like, what, what, what are we going to do here to, you know, to be able to continue living because yeah. my quality at that point was just not good. It was so horrific. The anxiety, I'd never experienced anything like it in my life. Um, the mood swings, every, it was just horrific. And so I just came across lots of different modalities as far as uh, reframing my brain and just, you know, putting things in perspective. I was still alive. I was going to be fine. You know, just really a lot of talking therapy to myself and um, just, yeah, just went through a whole different way of healing And, um, yeah, it just was a long road back, but I'm back and feeling amazing. Like I said, I'm 52 and I look forward to being able to have lots and lots and lots of years of vibrant longevity, not just, you know, living, but thriving while I'm here and being able to be a service of people and help people and, um, encourage the abundant life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things you mentioned, and this is probably the hardest thing for me to really, really get across to folks is the mindset part of things yes, and really it, rewiring the mind. Tell us more. Yes. Oh gosh. It's hard work. I mean, it's something that you really have to commit to and it's an ongoing process and, but it is, um, it's just super important and I'm a Christian. And so I spent a lot of time in prayer and it just, there was just a lot of revelation during that time. Um, and so whenever I just feel like now I have, um, so much more awareness about, you know, just the way I perceive, I, I was thinking, and fight or flight, everything that would come across me was a threat. And now 
I'm just able to rewire that and not live in a state of fear or fight or flight. And I just try to maintain that, you know, rest and digest stage and not go into, you know, just, or even the freeze, you know, freeze and fawn. Um, I just try to stay um, grounded and know, my, know the truth and that I'm, you know, fine. And that not everything is because, I mean, I had mold exposure. I had, you know, all the mold toxicity and all these other things. I mean, there, that was the other part of that after the, the Lyme and the COVID then shortly probably four weeks after that, I was exposed to mold in a hotel in Florida. That was just horrific. So, I mean, there's a whole gamut of things. I mean, like I could, I probably should literally write a book <laughs> because there's so much to the story that people just don't realize. But yeah. the, the main thing is whenever I think about the brain rewiring, um, the word that comes back to me all the time is hope is that you can never lose hope. And as long as you have hope, you're going to be able to continue walking and taking that, you know, that next step and just, you know, one step and one step at a time. So, yeah, I always want to encourage people to never lose hope because they're, they're going to get better there. Um, it may take a while. It may not be an overnight thing can be, but it may, you know, chances are it's not, you may have to walk through some things, but who you become through that process is so amazing. And um, character that you develop during all of that is amazing. And not that I want to go through any of that ever again. I can say that it was worth it because so many of the things that were revealed to me in the process and who I've become in the process, it's worth it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely not something that medical practitioners are going to tell you about right off the bat and go, Hey, you know, a lot of this, you know, is, is of getting better and getting and, and aging well, even is mindset and thinking through things. And really kind of, like you said, you had to go through and realize you were become, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Like, I feel my process has been, and I, and I want to hear what yours is, is, but me, it's like, I've had to become a different person to mm-hmm. be able to put aside a lot of the the crap that comes yeah. at me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, being um, type A perfectionist, um, yeah, you learn that, you know, that's not where it's at, really. You know, growing up, it's just, you know, you almost wear those things as like a badge of honor because you can just get so much done. You can accomplish so much. Um, and you do it with excellence. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do things with excellence, but when it comes, you know, and it takes a toll on your health, then you've got to reevaluate things. And I, you know, I've just put it all the time that we live in this freaking society that we have created in our own minds and as the rat race. Mm -hmm. And um, we have allowed the chronic illness that we're experiencing um, just because of what we consider successful lives and the successful lives that everybody's chasing is literally killing us, you know, especially in America. Um, we just have everything backwards as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, and success is a relative term. I mean, and we, and we, we relate it so much to, you know, financial success and really taking, you know, or or getting eight hours of sleep. (laughs) That's what I call success. (laughs) I'm thinking you're pretty, successful if you can if you can eat well and exercise and you know be able to sleep eight hours yeah heck yeah that's success so yeah we we have it all wrong and we have created some you know this this craziness and um the chaos that we you know we witness every single day I mean you just sit and watch people and you just watch I mean it's just so sad because the the level of um 
unwellness that is just walking among us all the time is just really disheartening and sad. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, through my next venture that I'm able to really encourage people, you know, just solid nutrition and your mindset, you know, and just being able to um, make sure they understand that movement is medicine and being hyper aware of their thought life, because, um, you know, you and I've talked about before about hair loss. And like I mentioned, I lost half my hair just, you know, jumped or came across this amazing solution. And a lot of it has to do with the thought life. It's going to, people are going to be blown away whenever, you know, they come to us for the protocol and, you know, some of it is going to be centered around, you know, the words that they speak and the thoughts that they think, and they'll think that that's all hokey pokey, but I promise you it, it makes a difference and people don't understand how, how viable that is. I mean, it really makes a difference. Oh, incredibly. It's one of those things that in my mind, you know, I used to be like, really? I don't know. That's kind of strange and hokey, but, but you are what you say, you know, you are what you think. It's incredible. So tell us a little bit about your journey from where you were, you know, kind of what you're going to integrate into your new venture, which of course folks will get into here in a minute, but with this thought process, you know, that was going on in your head over and over again, what, what was on repeat in your head? What were you saying to yourself? What was, what was on repeat? Was it, you, and you don't have to go into the straight detail. Cause I know that once we get past it, we don't like to say those things out loud anymore. So if you even just want to talk around it, that works too. Um, well, I mean, whenever, I mean, there were times that I literally felt like the spirit of death on my back. And I mean, it's just, you really feel like you're in a pit and you're never coming out. Like you, mm-hmm. you just, a way out and you, you know, you have a choice to make. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that I went, I just blew through this whole, you know, 11, 12 year journey uh, with just roses and rainbows and everything was just perfect. And, you know, I, I navigated everything beautifully because I did it, but um, I, I would always come back to the truth. And, uh, you know, of course I, you know, read the Bible and um, I would just recite scripture and, um, you know, just trust the Jesus as my healer. And would always come back to that and be able to stand. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight was my and my stand, my verse that I would really stand on, among others. But um, but yeah, you really I could see myself getting into a negative mindset because you just really don't. Some days you just say, I'm never, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. It is never going to freaking end. I might as well just you know this is it. This is my lot in life. This is not going to. This is not budging. I'm not. I mean, it's just you know between the pain and discomfort and suffering, it was just like you could not see the light. But then you'd just get that little bit of hope <laughs> and you would just grind it out another day. And then and now being on the other side of it and just being able to manage my emotions so much differently than I ever have before, because you're not we're not taught about that. We're not taught about nervous system regulation. We're not taught about any of that. So, you know, we see so many things going on in our lives or around us, you know, with people. And we just look at it for the the action that they're you know saying or doing or whatever and just viewing it like, whoa, but not even understanding. They have no idea. They have no idea about nervous system regulation. And then of course you can get into, we could go down a huge rabbit trail, nutrient deficiencies and food sensitivities. And so all these people have all these things. They don't even know. They don't even know how to, to reach out to someone and ask questions unless they're in kind of like our wheelhouse. And, but all these people are experiencing all these horrific things. And there's just so many, there's little things like we're talking about, just um, the mindset work alone and nervous system regulation and, you know, just having some emotional control and knowing, having some tools in their toolkit, how to, you know, navigate with some of those things. So mm-hmm. yeah, we could talk for hours on this. 
Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And and for those of you who are listening, I mean, this is probably one of the first conversations that Sherry and I are going to have over the course of time, because it's something that's very important that that my message that I want to get out. And, and I know it's very important to you as well, Sherry, to get out to folks so that folks really do under you, you guys really do understand that what you think, what you say about yourself, what is on repeat in your head is going to keep coming back unless you change it. Yeah. And I think we get so self-critical because we live in this, you know, social media age and there's so much comparison. And I think that we, you know, we, we just don't give ourselves enough credit for, you know, what we've been through and how we've gone through it. And then we just become hypercritical of everything. I mean, our parents mm-hmm. and, you know, where we're at in our life, as far as, you know, our um, socioeconomic status, or, you know, whatever. And all that stuff just matters. And so until you can get it in perspective and just be so thankful, you know, and like we're just with the season of gratitude and -hmm. just be so grateful for where we are, you know, you can get yourself in a bind that you, you know, that you won't experience any kind of fruitfulness or joy or all that because you're too busy being so critical of yourself. And that just will get you in a very dark place. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And and have your hair falling out and have you feeling stressed yeah. and and have yeah. you aging faster, which, of course, all the things that we want to work on reversing it, because unfortunately, the media doesn't help. Social media now doesn't help. Um, mm-hmm. I try to put positive lights out, but I know that it's it's hard. So tell us a little bit about what you got in the work, Sherry. Give us give us a little hint as to what's going on so folks can kind of get a little scoop as to what you're up to and how perhaps you may be able to help them. Yeah. So it's um we are now forming a new LLC called Made Well and it is a lifestyle holistic a holistic lifestyle health and wellness company and we are focusing on um thinning hair and hair loss solutions. And we have just stumbled across some uh, amazing results for hair loss. I mean, amazing. And we are so thankful. And we are in the um, finishing stages of getting everything uh, solidified and all of that. So we're hoping to be up and running um, mid-January. I mean, that's that's probably maybe a little hopeful for that. But I would say by February um, for sure. And so we're, we're very excited about that because I know hair loss was probably one of the most devastating. I mean, even after having to have my breast implants removed, um, because I wasn't blessed with any breast tissue at all. So when I had mine removed, it was literally, I had mine removed. <laughs> it wasn't like I had mine removed and I still had a little bit, no, had mine removed. So even that, um, as devastating as that is for a female, um, honestly, it was the hair loss that would just keep me. I mean, like wake me up at night and just be so, so hard and um, such a, uh, I mean, for your self-confidence, it would, it, I mean, just plummeted. I mean, I lost so much self-confidence, which led to being isolated, which we know being isolated is just a really bad thing for for us. Um, we know that we are meant for community. And so that was just, it's been bad, you know, and I feel like I've been in a cave for a long time, but I've now, I mean, literally, you know, when people see our results and they see our testimonial pictures, my husband and I both, it will be, um, quite impressive. And, and if I can help someone get their hair back, that will, you know, be able to boost their confidence and be able to, you know, continue, you know, what they are, their purpose, then that will just be so amazing for me. Absolutely. I mean, hair loss is one of the biggest things that I have struggled with 
in terms of of being able to give solutions in my office. Um, we had some good peptides there for a minute. FDA took those. So now we're kind of in this state of what's next for folks. And I know I've had different uh, hair specialists on earlier, but what I'm interested in and, and what I think is part of the missing picture on my end with being able to give folks the mindset and the total package, you know, as a doc, yeah. trying to find the quick fix um, as a doc and working on other health issues, this is where, you know, having someone who can coach folks through yeah. the process and having been through it. Yes. And I do think that really does make a difference um, because I have so much empathy for people who have had hair loss because it, like I said, it is just super devastating. I mean, I think it may be, you know, harder on females. I'm not sure, but I know my husband was, it was pretty devastating for him. I mean, he was super close to just shaving his head because he was just like, I can't look in the mirror and just see this loss like this. I just, I think I'm just going to shave it. And we went to Bosley and we got the consultation and the front alone was going to be $14,000. And then by the time they did the crown, um, it was going to be a total of $30,000. And so we just started dabbling in stuff and modalities and the process and protocols and started making, you know, some of our own solutions. And we just found something that has worked and it's, it's quite incredible. And we are so thankful because we really are hopeful that we can help people. And um, because it does, it makes a huge difference to, to have your hair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, mentally, I mean, it's so, so difficult. And, and for women, you know, kind of to bring this whole conversation full circle, you know, we were talking about aging, we we're talking about aging well, movement, circulation so important when it comes to your hair and and how yes. much stress blocks our circulation too and so mindset yes so so incredible and of course hair loss is something that starts to happen as we get older or as we get more stressed and go through certain nutrient deficiencies and things of that nature so sherry for folks that are listening and they're like hey okay you know you're, we had talked, you're, you're in East Texas, but yet if someone's virtually, they want to get in touch with you, what's a good way for them to at least reach out to you while you're working on getting your official site set up in, in Texas? Yeah. So right now they can just reach out to me via Facebook on Sherry Brown DiMaggio and that's D-I-M-A-G-G-I-O. And, um, and then the Madewell Holistic Health page will be, um, I'm hoping to have it this week. So um, I don't know when this will air, but it'll be soon. So they, but either they're, you're more than welcome to reach out um, via messenger um, on Facebook. That would be a great way to just kind of um, touch base with me while and get, I could get you on the list and then be able to forward the information. But the one thing I want to say um about the hair loss stuff is that I was diagnosed with androgenic alopecia um, seven or eight years ago. And so I'm the kind of person that I just rebuked the, di the diagnosis right then and there in the Jesus name and said, no, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not accepting that. And I, and I would challenge anyone, anytime you have any type of diagnosis, don't own it. <laughs> just because the doctor said that you have something and I'm not saying that you don't, but you don't have to run with it. You can sit with it and you can process it. And then you can determine how you're going to navigate the way the the way you choose to navigate that is going to determine that your path. And I just believe that the mindset work that we're talking about, so many things can be um, circumvented just by refusing to go with what the practicing 
doctors are practicing, you know, they're, that's what they're doing. They're practicing medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, I respect doctors and I think they have a place in this world. And I, you know, I really do think they've done amazing things, but they're practicing medicine and they don't know everything. And so we don't have to take everything that they say as gospel truth and run with it and own it and wear it, you know, wear it with seven t-shirts on, you know, like you've got whatever. Um, I just believe that you can, you can navigate that a different way and it can change the outcome of the actual diagnosis. I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I do think that we get caught up pretty heavy in our, our thought process of, oh, well, I just need a diagnosis and then I can fix it. Well, what if that diagnosis is just a term for the insurance companies to be able to be built? Right. I mean, exactly. It's the sad reality, folks. I mean, that's how it is. That's why we have diagnoses. So we can literally give your insurance company something to pay us for. Sounds right. dumb, but th- that's how it works. And and I'm not discrediting, you know, any diagnoses. And and yes, like, like Sherry said, I am a doctor. I practice medicine. I'm practicing every day. You know, and so it is something that we need to think about and and not own things and and create our whole life around these things. I I can't stress that enough. And it's been one of the things, Sherry, and I think, you know, it it is it's a hard thing when we start to try to we want to help people and we're trying to find our niche and 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 the folks we want to help and in particular. But we also have that that dance around like, okay, we have folks with these issues, but we don't want anybody to hold on to to that total title. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. No labels. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No labels. We, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And same thing with aging, no labels. You're a number. I told, I just told my dad, go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying, it's just a number. It's literally, that's all it is. It's a number. What what do people say the many times around the sun? So yeah, (laughs) we've made that many times around the sun. That's, you know, cool. Some people have a couple more times than other folks. All right. Great. We're all human. Let's let's do this thing. So, Sherry, we know where to find you. We know how to get in touch with you. We've got your comments about the 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 diagnosis part of things. If anyone's listening right now and they're like, Sherry, I don't know. I I kind of got a diagnosis. I'm not really sure where to turn. My hair is falling out. Where would be the first what would you want what would be the first thing you could recommend them to do? right now that they could do at home easy enough to get started to getting themselves back on track? Um, I'm going to, well, you know, not knowing the, um, you know, everything about this person, but just knowing that our society and the way that we live, most people live, I would start with um, probably recognizing their stress level mm-hmm. and their um, sleeping habits. I would um, definitely recommend rest and stress management. And then definitely we're going to go straight into um, just identifying any kind of nutritional deficiencies and food sensitivities, um, anything that could be causing inflammation, um, that kind of thing. And of course, you know, I've got to ask about their activity level. Are you sedentary? Are you active? I mean, there's just a whole gamut of things. I mean, that I can't express enough Mm -hmm. about, you know, living um, an active, healthy, aging, you know, pro-aging life. Absolutely. Well said. Well, Sherry, thanks for coming on and chatting with me. I'm sure once you get up and running, we'll have more to get chatting about. 
once again, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. And I definitely look forward to another conversation. Hey, health junkies, Dr. Janine Kraus here. I am looking for some help from you all. And what I'm looking for is some inspiration, some inspirational stories that I can share of men and women defying aging and defying it by crossing things off their bucket list that maybe they thought they could never do. Maybe coming back from an injury, starting something new, like skiing at 40 years old. Whatever it may be, I want to know about these stories and I want to interview folks. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone you know doesn't matter. I want to help inspire folks out there that you don't have to follow social aging norms. You can defy stuff. You can get better as you get older. You can make so much progress at any age. You can build muscle at any age. You can have a stronger heart at any age, and you can crush all those things you want to do on your bucket list. Just because you're older doesn't mean you have to give up on yourself and your dreams. And this is something that I want to share and inspire folks with. And so if you have a story or someone you know, email us at info at doctor spelled out. So D-O-C-T-O-R-J-K-R-A-U-S-E-N-D.com. Let's spread the word about how amazing life can be as you get older and all the cool things that you can do. All right, health junkies, I'm counting on you. Let's get some emails in and let's get some awesome stories on the podcast. Hey, fellow health junkie, thanks for listening to the Health Fix Podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.